Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast. Your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where do you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern, great game day experience, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bow, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com on 3 Sports Network. Uh, with me today, a uh, special guest, one of our basketball contributors on AuburnLive.com, Jay Phillips. Jay, what's happening, man? How are you? Not much, man. Doing good. Getting ready. Basketball season coming up. Tip off at Tumors just around the corner. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball today as Auburn starts basketball practice. Uh, if you're watching this, it'll probably, be, it'll probably be Wednesday morning. They started on Tuesday, um, uh, officially started basketball practice they've been going unofficially um doing some different workouts and stuff um but they kick it off uh, officially today on on tuesday i guess yesterday and uh it'll be kicked into high gear uh their their minutes and what they're allowed to do just now ramps up they can practice more throughout the week and um and so that'll get going um make sure at auburnlive.com to get the latest football football recruiting information uh, we've got a story up um, with uh, Smoke Monday talking about the Auburn LSU game in which Smoke Monday says he thinks that this team could be the one to break the streak in Baton Rouge. I don't know. It's been ni- since 1999 since Auburn's won in Baton Rouge. We'll see if that happens. Uh, they've come close a couple of times. They've gotten blown out a few times. Um, they've probably blown out more or less. I mean, other than 17. Well, 17 was probably blue. 19 was close, but there's there's some blowouts in there in like 9, 11, 13, or 13 was 14 points. So uh, it's been kind of all over the place in Baton Rouge for Auburn. We'll see if they can go um, break break that streak. Um, Jay, I was looking it up today, and uh, they've lost 10 of 14 to LSU, and they haven't won two straight in this series since 1999. They won in Death Valley in 99. They came back in 2000 and won in Auburn. 
That's the last time they won two straight games. They beat LSU last year, forty-eight to eleven, in uh, one of the you know one of the biggest beatdowns Auburn's had in this series. Uh, really took it to TJ Finley, and uh, so now we'll see if they can win two straight. Real quick, what a what a just a wild turn of events that you've got Auburn going to LSU. TJ Finley potentially could start. Auburn played LSU last year, beat TJ Finley and LSU. Um, it's hard for me to imagine TJ Finley transfers over here and then becomes the winning quarterback for Auburn. That would be quite a turnaround for Finley in a year. Yeah, it's hard to expect that. And didn't he have a pretty bad game against Auburn last year as well? Yeah. Oh, their whole team did. Oh, they were, they were atrocious. I mean, Auburn mm-hmm. Auburn came after LSU and got after Finley and hit big plays on offense, and it was a complete beatdown. Um, complete beatdown. So – I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. Um, if if Finley plays in that game and they lose, and then you think about coming out of spring, TJ Finley would have been probably the third string quarterback for LSU. Uh, he would not be starting at LSU. Uh, Max Johnson's a good good player there, um, and then he comes here and both struggle, and now he potentially could be starting. Um, who knows? Maybe a change of scenery, a change in offense, a little bit of a running game. Who knows? Maybe he turns it around. He's a good quarterback here, but it would be really interesting if he actually is successful at Auburn um, after you know being this being what would have been the third stringer at a <clears throat> at LSU. But we'll see what happens uh, on Saturday night. Who starts? We don't know. Seemed like a promising start to you know Finley's potential career, but at the same time, there were a couple of plays in that drive that he had that were like that last drive that were seemingly pretty lucky that it went in Auburn's direction. So uh, I'd be interested to see what he can do in Death Valley, but it seems risky if he's the lone quarterback out there on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, so we got that story up at AuburnLive.com. We've got recruiting information up at AuburnLive.com. Uh, a lot of news about how Cornelius Williams' departure affects recruiting. Go check that out on the site. We've got stories up about basketball, um, commit tracker. We've got a bunch of stuff. So make sure you're tuned into auburnlive.com. Subscribe. It's 10 bucks for the next year right now. So if you're not, I mean, I don't even know what you're doing. If you're an Auburn fan and you, and you can't just say, oh, here's 10 bucks. I get, I get your site for the next year. If you're not doing that, then you're not doing it right. So uh, make sure you're over there. All right, let's talk basketball in this podcast. Auburn gets going with practice. We actually talked to, had the chance to talk to Bruce Pearl on Monday uh, for the Bruce Barkley and basketball golf event at Grand National. Country Club, not Country Club, Grand National. It's uh, um, Robert Trent Jones in Opelika. And uh, then we talked to him on Tuesday as Auburn starts practice. We also talked to uh, Jalen Williams, Devin Cambridge, and uh, Stretch Babatunde Akingbola. But we call him Stretch. It's easier. Um, all right, let's get into some big picture stuff, Jay. Jay, Jay is a contributor to AuburnLive.com, very tuned in to basketball, knows the game, um, and, and follows Auburn basketball and has really good analysis, so he's going to be somebody to watch out for at AuburnLive.com to bring kind of that extra added analysis piece um, on basketball. Let's talk big picture. Uh, Bruce Pearl likes this team. Uh, he said in the offseason he thinks it's a Final Four capable team. Now, you know, a lot of things got to go right to make the Final Four. I think what he's saying is talent-wise, I've got the pieces, you know, um, to make that kind of run. Um the big thing with this team, obviously, is the five new players. Uh, you got six returners. You got f- four transfers coming in, plus a true freshman in Jabari Smith. Um, that's kind of the big factor. Last year, that didn't go well, but there was a lot of things going on. There's COVID, um, 
plus they were out of high school. Sharif and JT Thor, these guys are fresh out of high school. A little different in that the guys coming in this year have college football, college basketball experience under their belt. Oh, yeah. So what's kind of your take on uh, on this team, on the pieces, the big picture? Does he have the pieces? You know, we, we don't know how it's all going to turn out at the moment, but does he have the pieces, do you think, to, you know, let's say compete for an SEC championship. Kentucky's going to be pretty loaded. Tennessee, you know, like there's some really good teams, all Arkansas and Alabama. But is Auburn good enough to compete with the best teams in the league? And and can they make a run at, let's say, a top five seed in the NCAA tournament? I think so. And I think if Bruce Pearl likes his team and thinks they have Final Four capability, then they should have the makings of a team that can compete for the SEC regular championship. And it's kind of one of those rosters where it's like, how can he not like it? Uh, He's got the two highest ranked recruits in Auburn history and Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, if you count Kessler in that category. And Kessler and Katie Johnson were two guys that Bruce Pearl showed interest in in high school and went out and got them in the transfer portal. So it seems like it's a team that was well built for what Bruce Pearl likes to do. The point guard, who we presume is going to be the point guard and Wendell Green, We've said all offseason he plays like Sharif Cooper and Jared Harper in that same undersized, super talented, great vision category of point guards. And they just, they're deep. Uh, like we've talked about, even with the Flanagan injury, there's several guys who we feel like can step in there and not be Alan Flanagan, but can be good contributors in his, uh, while he's out. And not necessarily Auburn's not going to be as good without Flanagan, but they won't miss too much with the guys behind him. And it, it, you know, one of the most talented players in the conference should be on the team. At least one of in Jabari Smith. And, you know, you can just list things forever and go on and on about why this team should compete for a regular season championship. Yeah. So let's talk about Alan Flanagan. Obviously he's going to be out until December, mid December. Um, and, and then, you know, by the time he comes back, it's not just, he's back. There's, you know, there's rehab time. There's, there's, when does he get back on the practice floor? He's got to practice. He's got to get up to speed. He's got to get in game shape. He's got to get in. He's got to get on the court with the team and get in the flow with a new team. So this is something that's going to go. I don't think Auburn will start to look like what they're capable of looking like until, uh, into January, probably. Um, now we'll see what kind of team they are before that. Doesn't mean they're not going to be good. Uh, it just means that I, I think it's going to be into January before ma- you start to maybe see them figure out with Flanagan and all the pieces what it is. So that's that's going to play a part in this season. There's no question. Flanagan averaged 14 points a game last year. You know there were already some college football, college football, college basketball writers uh, that had contacted Auburn to say, hey we're thinking about naming Flanagan our preseason player of the year in our publication. Could we tell us a little bit about it? Can we talk to him? That kind of stuff. That was going on before he got hurt. So the potential in the ceiling was really high with him. You think about the jump he made. He wasn't going to make that jump again, obviously, but if he just made an incremental jump um, and you bring in some big guys to go along with him and he was going to have a great season. So that's a big, big loss for, um, for Auburn. I do think I agree with what Bruce Pearl said to us on Tuesday. He said, this is a team that's just going to get better throughout the year. It's just how it's going to be. Um, and you might say, well, sure, of course, 
why wouldn't you get better throughout the year? What he's saying is <clears throat> this is a team from a chemistry standpoint uh, that's just going to have to gel. They're going to have to play games together, and it's going to take a certain amount of time before they kind of are what they are. It's not a team with a bunch of guys returning that were all in the system last year. Um, that That's what he means. It's just going to take time for these guys to play SEC basketball, big-time basketball, SEC basketball together and uh, and figure out, you know, who they are. Do they have the pieces? I think they do. I mean, I think when you look at a basketball team, I'm a big – I'm a when I look at a basketball team, man, talent, yes, of course. But there's been – you can look across, man. There's there's teams – I mean, look at Duke with, with Zion and Rasheem Barrett and, and, and what, they get knocked out in the lead eight um, or, or Sweet 16 or something. I mean, so you're like, that's a loaded team. Why? I mean, people are talking about that team not losing a game at one point. So basketball, it's not about talent. It's about do you have the pieces? Does everybody know their role? Um, do you have all of those check marks? And I think when you look at this Auburn team, when Flanagan's healthy, you kind of have to look at them in two parts. When Flanagan's healthy, if, if Flanagan were healthy right now, they're I don't know that they're missing anything. They've got a playmaking point guard. They've got speed at that position. They're going to be good on defense. They're going to be long. They're going to have length. Um, they're going to have adequate three-point shooting. It'll be, I think it'll be better than probably the last couple of years. Won't be – nobody's – forget Jared and Bryce. That Just forget that, okay? That's, that's, that's like Cam a Newton once in a – comparison. Yeah, that's just not going to happen to have uh, not just Jared and Bryce, but Shuma who could pop and Malik Dunbar who could pop. Like, that's just – that's not going to happen. Um, but I think they're going to be adequate there. Um, I think Wendell Green – I think Katie Johnson, Jabari Smith, even Chris Moore can be a spot-up guy. That They'll be better than maybe what you've seen. Um, they're going to have rebounding. Obviously, you have Jabari and Walker, who've got the height, but you've got athletes like Devin Cambridge. You've got an athlete like Jalen Williams. You've got an athlete like Chris Moore, who I think all can rebound, and Flanagan can too. Um, that athletic ability, they're going to play good defense. I'd say it's still a question mark because defense requires some connectivity. Um <clears throat> they're gonna have, they're gonna have a great chemistry once it once they play having 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 been around these guys a lot of good a lot of good personalities a lot of good attitudes especially Katie Johnson and Window Green great attitudes great personalities I think this is I mean it's a group of guys that are really having fun and 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 I'm just telling you from talking to people that there's not a practice that they don't that they don't go at it. They go hard. I mean, I mean, they go hard. I mean, I'm talking about like I've talked to, to 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 people that say there's times where BP has said behind the scenes, like, should I? I got to be careful because 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 they, they they compete, they compete because um, you, you know you've got a bunch of good players and you've got some new guys and and so they 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 don't want to lose um, and so I I like I just think there's a bunch of good things going for this team, not just talent but intangibles. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And bouncing back to what you said on Flanagan, too, um, I think the key for Flanagan is going to be getting him ready for the postseason. Uh, it seems like the coaches are pretty confident. You know, they keep saying December, 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 December. So hopefully that means his uh, prog he's progressing well through his recovery and stuff like that. If they can get him on the court at some point in December and have him playing starters minutes by the postseason, that would be huge for Auburn. That would be like adding your best player for the postseason. He's, you know, 
teams aren't sure what to expect and you've got a group of guys who are all really promising who just got a season's worth of experience on top of that uh that would be what i'd be shooting for if i was the coaching staff dealing with the flanagan injury yeah he's still in a he's still in a cast we still see him wheeling around and so it'll be a while before we know you know there, there's a certain amount of time surgery has to happen healing has to happen sweat all those things have to happen you got to go in mm-hmm. scope it again make sure everything's good so it's going to be a minute but um you know so i think the next step is just when does he when does he get to the point where maybe he can get on his feet because the other thing bruce pearl mentioned is a good point it's his right leg well he's left-handed so that that's what he pushes off on you know, mm-hmm. if you, if I'm a right-handed person, so think about going up for a natural layup or whatever else. You go off your opposite leg. So they're trying to work on now him going off the other leg just to build that strength. But <clears throat> that's another just kind of caveat, but it's an important one <clears throat> to his re- rehabilitation. Um, and so, yeah, it it it's just a it's just a it's just a bummer um, in terms of news. Let's 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 go kind of position by position here a little bit and talk about how this team shapes up. Um, as, as practice gets going. Point guard, all new. Wendell Green is your point guard. Zip Jasper, who they brought in from College of Charleston, um, <clears throat> is a backup point guard, can also probably play the two if they need it. Um, yep. And then you've got Katie Johnson from Georgia, who is not a point guard. He's, he's more of a reserve emergency point guard. He's your two mm-hmm. guard. Uh, but he could play it potentially, but he's, he's not going to play much of it. It's going to be Zip right. and, and, and Wendell. Just talk about what are, what's sort of your – your take so far on those three guys, particularly let's say Wendell and Zepp in terms of, let's just stay with Wendell and Zepp in terms of leading the Auburn offense. Um, Bruce mentioned, Hey, Javon and Jared played on the court at the same time at times. Um, and so you could see that as well. Wendell and Zepp both bring the ball to the court, but what's your take on Wendell and Zepp as the guys sort of facilitating this offense? I think it's a good duo. I really like Wendell Green playing point. He has great vision. Uh, threw some absolutely beautiful passes at Eastern Kentucky that just all of college basketball Twitter was, when they realized he was going to Auburn, it was kind of like, hey, they found their Sharif Cooper replacement. Look what he can do. And, you know, it was just this masterful ball handling and passing behind his back in traffic and all that or other sort of things that Sharif Cooper did just perfectly. And he's not going to be as prolific as Sharif Cooper. I don't expect him to average nearly 20 points and 10 assists a game, especially with the scores that are going to be on the team around him. Yeah, no But way. he should be, yeah, very capable of averaging that five to six assists per game that's kind of become the norm for Auburn point guards. It's almost always up there in the top three of SEC assist totals. And uh, I think that's going to be Wendell. Um Zepp Jasper, I think he's going to be a very good, and like you said, I think he could play some two-guard as well. He's definitely got the defense for it. He was all-defensive team uh, last season, and he's got just a really good ball denial, sort of just perfectly shadows his man kind of defense that very helpful when you're dealing with a high-scoring two-guard in college and you get a lot of undersized two-guards. So I think that's going to be a big role for him as well. He can definitely play some backup point guard, though. He has a good handle. He can also get red-hot scoring, which he did a bunch at uh, College Charleston. So I think uh, he's a versatile player in the backcourt. I think Wendell can lock down most of the minutes at point guard, but Zepp's definitely going to have some point guard duties as well. 
Yeah, you mentioned Sepp and defense. I think that's the key. You know, Bruce mentioned that. He said defensively he's really good. He really praised Zepp and, and KD in terms of their defense. He said they can they can really get up uh, in your grill. Uh, Wendell, he's more offensively inclined at this point. Wendell can – Wendell's – you know, he's got no fear. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's – He's uh he's not afraid of the moment and and he can he can go off he can score, um and so yeah I oh, like yeah. Wendell's yeah. I like his build honestly he reminds me of I don't know a good um I don't really have some off the top of my head but he's one of those he's gonna be different from Sharif and Jared when you see yeah. it he's a little thicker honestly yeah he is stockier um, he, yeah he's a little stockier um he's not Khalid Elamine stocky. But he's he's a little stockier. He's just not he's not Jared and Sharif in terms of just being quick, but kind of light. I mean, Wendell, I think can can is is a tough player. I think he can take um, take a knock or whatever. And so yeah, I think so. Um, too. He's a good he's a good shooter. He's a, he's a natural shooter. Um, and so I I think that uh, he just needs to get in SC. He needs to get into some big games. The thing with Wendell is, you know, he played uh, big time high school basketball. Yep. Um, he played big time AAU basketball. He just – he's just one of those guys that kind of got overlooked a little bit, you know, which is somebody like Jared Harper could have easily gotten overlooked if Bruce Pearl doesn't get him to Auburn. And honestly, before Auburn – before Auburn went on this run the last three, four years, what were they when they signed Jared Harper? And yeah. So, I mean, it can happen. Uh, and that's kind of what happened to Wendell. He, he got overlooked a little bit, ends up at Eastern Kentucky, has a fantastic freshman season. He just showed and, he was uh, – Good for Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, too. he was. Yeah, and he's really good. And I think you mentioned Zep. I think Zep brings that. Zep brings not just the defense. He's a little different personality than Wendell too. He has a little bit more of a calmer uh, demeanor, a uh, little more stoic, if you mm-hmm. will. And so I think they're a, <clears throat> I think they're a good pairing. And I think you make a good point on Wendell. I, I, is he Sharif? No. Uh, is he even Jared? No. Jared was special. I mean. Um, I mean, his ability to get off the floor and shoot from deep, and Jared was a special player. But Wendell's only going to be a sophomore. He's only played one year of college basketball. That's what people forget with these transfers. Zepp is a senior, but KD is going to be a sophomore. Wendell Green's a sophomore. Walker Kessler's a sophomore. Um, so, yes, they've played college basketball, but it's not like these guys are juniors or seniors walking in. They're still – they're young, too. Um, but I think Wendell's got all the characteristics – of an Auburn point guard under Bruce Pearl. I think there's there's no question. There's no question about that. And he's not going to be Jared Harper or Sharif Cooper, like you said, but you give Wendell Green a season or two of experience at Auburn with the skill set he has, and he's going to be a very special player if he sticks around. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Um, and then what about what about KD? Let's talk about KD, who averaged uh, about 13 points a game at Georgia. He only played 20 minutes a game. Um, and so if you, if you factor his, if he would have played 28 minutes a game, uh, 29 minutes a game, he'd have been a 16 point scorer, that type of deal. Um, he comes in, he's a really good shooter. He's a really good shooter. Um, he's a tough physical player as well. A guy looks like a running back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love Katie's personality. I mean, he is, he has brought a lot of life and a lot of energy, um, to the court and to this team. He's, he's meshed really, really well. Um, I think he could be one to watch out for. We'll see how this team develops. I think there's just a bunch like who you got to sort of see how it plays out with, with a lot of these guys. KD's got outside of Jabari Smith, 
I would say outside of Jabari Smith, I would probably say Katie Johnson is right there with Alan Flanagan in terms of uh, I need a bucket and the guy could the guy could go off for twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's got that kind of ability to shoot, to drive. He's just a kind of a natural scorer. He's a tough-minded kid, and so I would watch out for him. And I think we could be overlooking him a tad with with Jabari. It's kind of like Jabari and Walker kind of get a lot of the hype, and then everybody else sort of just fits in to where where the role is. Like KD could be. He could be he could be a guy. I mean, he could be a guy that that while Flanagan's out, he could be sitting there averaging sixteen a game. I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if he does at all either, because not only is he going to be the kind of guy who goes and gets you a bucket, but he's the kind of guy who's flying down court looking for that fast break basket, looking for a pull up three in transition. You know, he's just going to love Bruce Pearl's system. I think he's really going to thrive in it. Uh, he he likes to play free, and that's kind of the whole thing about. Bruce Pearl's guards and uh, like you're saying he can go off for 20 any night Uh, I think his first game of the season last year was against Auburn he scored 21 points and it was just like I do remember that game yeah I was like who is this guy because him (laughs) and Sharif both had that coming out party yeah he was really really good Um, and he's a good defender as well like you said and it's not just that he's big and physical but he's a good you know high IQ defender he anticipates passes and gets into defenders heads and or gets into his opponent's heads and the whole nine yards, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a player that Bruce Pearl really likes because he likes to play defense because he's so fiery. You know, he just, he plays like Bruce Pearl coaches in a lot of ways. I feel like. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. So I think Auburn at the guard position is going to be, uh, it's going to be good. They just, they just, there's some newness there. Um, front court wise, it's the best front court pearls. Certainly it's the best front court pearls had at Auburn. It's the best front court oh, yeah. that, I mean, I, I am you know, thinking off the top of my head. I, I, I can't remember an Auburn from I mean, You'd have to go back. You'd have to go back to the teams with Mamadou Njai and Chris Porter, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Bryant Smith, honestly, to get a front court <clears throat> that's got, this is, and this is more talented. But you'd have to go back to the, to twenty years, plus twenty plus years to have a front court that could even come close um, to what this is going to be. And this one's this one's better. Um, Jabari Smith, who's going to be a, you know, depending on the year, I think he's worst case he's a, gosh, I mean, I don't know that he falls out of the lottery no matter what. But I mean, oh, let's right. just let's just say worst case he's twelve, thirteen, like fourteen, fifteen, like worst case. Best yeah. case, he's best case, he's going like two or three. Mm-hmm. There's probably somebody I don't. I haven't studied enough. There's somebody that's going to be one. You know, that's that. There's um, you know, that guy Chet Holmgreen and yeah, Chet Holmgreen's like the that. big name and Sponchero's behind him. Yeah. So, but but best case, Jabari, but Jabari's unique. He's totally unique. Mm-hmm. Jabari's going to be really really good. Now, expectations are sky high, and so uh, people need to just chill. Like he, he he's allowed to have a bad game. But uh, there's a difference in his what he could go. I mean, think about Okoro. Okoro was Isaac Okoro was really, really good for Auburn. He wasn't a 20 point scorer. Um, right. he, he was just a really good, and he went what fifth or something. Um, so so there's a little difference between what Jabari's projection is and like what you're going to literally see on the court for Auburn. It, there might be. I mean, they're drafted potential, so it's not like Jabari's going to step out there and go for 20 and eight 
every game. I mean, that's that's not quite going to happen. But but the kid can shoot. Um, and probably the most impressive thing about Jabari, and 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 from just talking to people, is his competitiveness. It's his approach. Um, when I talked to Bruce Pearl at the end of July, he said, he said, Jabari Smith's a professional. He's a pro in how he works out. He's a pro in how he practices. And he's maybe our hardest yeah. worker. And I thought, I thought, man, is that true? I thought, is he just hyping up his, his, his best freshman? Is he, is he kind of just hyping Jabari up a little bit, giving him some love? I don't think so. Um, I mean, from talking to people, I, I don't think so. I mean, Jabari hates to lose. And, and when he's out there, he's a leader. He's already a guy that people are respecting and listening to. Um, he's business. He is all business. And so it's, he's not, he's not a typical true freshman that like a Cora was maybe more quiet at times. You know, there was a bunch of seniors on that team. Um, you know, Macklemore, Samir and different guys. Um, Jabari from day one will be one of the leaders, unquestionable, like vocal leaders. Um, to go along with his talent. What do you think, what do you think Jabari is capable of? How tough of a matchup is he is? I mean, just, just put into perspective, you followed Auburn basketball. What does Jabari mean to Auburn basketball? Like what, 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 what can people expect? It's obviously kind of uncharted waters considering he's a top five recruit. And I think he is actually going to produce more on the upper level of how those top five draft picks produce, you know, more he's not going to average 20 and 10 or whatever, but I think he's going to have a lot more of those 15. I think he's going to be closer to 15 and eight than he will be to 12 and five or something like that. Um, He's just so skilled already. He's not one of those players that are going to be drafting off pure potential. He already has a pro level three point shot. He has a pro level mid range game. Uh, he can handle the ball like a pro for a 6'10 player. He'll take the ball down and pull up for three like Jared Harper. You know, you can tell that he's practiced a lot with Jared Harper, that he's trained with Jared Harper. You can see that in his game. He plays like a guard, like the quote you tweeted from Bruce Pearl, Jabari Smith is a big guard, and <laughs> he really is in how he plays, and I think that's going to create so many mismatches for him. He's going to be, you know, they're going to try and put def- – Opposing teams are going to try and put a 6'10 center on him, and Jabari Smith's going to shake the dude on the perimeter and get an open three every time. They're going to put a 6'10 or a 6'8, 6'6, 6'8 guy like Chris Moore type player on him, and Jabari Smith's going to dominate him in the paint. He's going to be a very efficient player as well, at least he was in high school and AAU. Extremely low turnovers for a high usage big man. Always shot ridiculous percentages, like just doesn't take bad shots gets to his spot very well, knows how to get himself a good shot, even when he needs a basket. And I think it's going to translate really well. And like you said, he's such a professional, grew up with a dad who was a big-name pro player as well and seems to have really practiced like a pro for a while. As long as I've seen Jabari Smith, he's always had that mentality about him and you know, played really well on the – Uh, junior national team and he just has all the makings of somebody who can step in and dominate right away in my opinion yeah you mentioned his dad uh played at lsu i I remember i remember when his Mm -hmm. dad was a a big man at uh at lsu um but yeah so jabari is going to be special 
you throw in Walker Kessler, seven foot Walker Kessler, who's one of the top players in the country, uh, went to North Carolina, comes back, another matchup nightmare, uh, oh, a yeah. guy that can step out and shoot the three. Yes. Um, he, he can, um, I don't know how many threes he'll take during the game. I think it'll be a spot up type deal. And if nobody respects that, then he's going to shoot it. I think that's the issue. Don't think Walker Kessler is going to be out there shooting three, like shooting threes. It's right. going to be deal. It's going to be a deal where if the team doesn't respect that and you run a pick and roll and, and he spots up and you're, and you're, and you're a big man and you're staying at the elbow, he, he's going to shoot it. Yes. He's going to shoot that. Um, and then, and then obviously if he goes low, he's, he's a, he's a problem as well. Uh, it needs to be a little bit better, more aggressive rebounding. He's, he's, he's for his size. He's just, you know, he's tall and lanky. Um, and so there's times where he could probably be a little bit more dominant there. Then he's doing uh, obviously stretch, uh, who's a reserve player, 6'10", been there for a while. Jalen Williams at 6'8". Um, Chris Moore is 6'6". He's kind of that tweener player. Um, I said when Chris Moore was signed, I said he's a better Deshaun Murray. Um We'll see if he can be that this see year. That. Um, I think he's a better player. From what I've from what I've heard, I think he's potentially going to be a better player. Watch for Chris Moore to make a jump. He's transformed his body. Um, big, strong kid. Another kick. Another kid, by the way, with an awesome atmosphere, uh, attitude. Awesome oh, attitude. Yeah. Great guy. Um, watch for him on on the ability to spot up and shoot threes. He's another one that is going to get on a player that's not going to really respect him to shoot the three. And he's going to knock some down this year. There's no question. What do you make of the front court as a whole as we sort of analyze this? Because I think it's interesting. Pearl likes to play this four in one out. He, he wants to, you know, he mm-hmm. wants to play fast in those first ten seconds. He, you know, uh, he wants to play up tempo when he can. He 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 gives guys the freedom to shoot. But at the same time, you're going to have Jabari and Walker and 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 and, and Jay. You've got guys that can make things happen in the paint. And so I'm I'm kind of wondering how that'll work between being aggressive and shooting, and then also dumping it to Walker, dumping it to Jabari, driving and 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 leaving it for Walker, driving, leaving it for for uh, for for Jabari. You've got a front court there; it could really be a huge asset. Potentially, maybe offensive rebounding could could be a big factor for Auburn this year. Yeah, I think the front court, you know, it's an all around strength, or at least it has the potential to be. Uh, Walker Kessler, he's shown that he can rebound. He had some really efficient rebounding games in terms of how many minutes he played at UNC. If he takes that, plays with that motor and that aggressiveness necessary to do that, he's going to be good there. And speaking on um, energy as well, you almost forgot to mention one of the highest energy players on the team in that front court in Dylan Cardwell. Um, Yeah, uh, two guys I haven't mentioned yet. I just remembered him and Devin Cambridge. Yep, yep. And, you know, Dylan Cardwell's gotten so much attention. I just don't know for... what to think about him. Like people, I mean, I I like him, love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, you know, I, people talked about him as a freshman, like, oh, he's so raw. The potential's there. I, to me, I don't I see a lot of like, like he's a lesser Austin Wilder. Like he's just a little clumsy, a little clunky. Um, I think he's an energy guy. Yeah, I, I just, you know. He adds depth. He adds rebounding. Uh, he's a player. I mean, he's a he's a good player. He's better than stretch. Um, yeah. Him and Devin, I think. <clears throat> I guess that's why I didn't mention him. 
I don't know where exactly they fit in now. I mean, Dylan, now you've got some other height. You've got guys with height that are going to go in before you. Devin still trying to be consistent with his shot, but now you've got, you know, just mm-hmm. those two guys, I'm wondering sort of <clears throat> where they fit in um, to this team and, and, and do their minutes get cut a little bit and just kind of what their roles are. Yeah, I think that I don't think this is the year for Dylan Cardwell, um, but I do think that he has some interesting potential. High school career, you know, was a backup at uh, Oak Hill Academy behind Kofi Coburn, which is great experience, I'm sure, but he didn't play much. And then his senior year, he didn't get to play at McEachern. So last year was really his first game experience in years uh, in non-AAU basketball. So I do think he has that really raw, worth seeing what he develops into kind of guy. Great frame. Seems to be pretty athletic for his size, even though he's is still a little bit clumsy right now. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that his him and Stretch are going to see a decrease in minutes this year just because of the guys in front of him. And I think that Chris Moore is definitely capable of taking that step over Devin Cambridge in terms of who's going to be playing those reserve small forward minutes. Devin Cambridge has that athleticism and that potential where if you put him in and he just starts making threes, you can't really pull him out. So I'm sure Devin Cambridge is still going to get his share of minutes, but Chris Moore fixing up his three pointer a little bit and turning his body, you know, he got so many, so many people said he looked like a football player last year, seeing him on the different uh, Snapchats or uh, Instagram stories and stuff like that. And he looks like a basketball player now. And I think that, he's going to have that small forward ability to play on the perimeter that the small forwards and the threes have. And he's not going to be breaking guys down, breaking ankles out there or anything like that, but being able to hit an open three, being able to take a dribble and get to the basket, rotate the ball and stuff like that. He's an unselfish player, high energy guy. I think he's going to be a really good player. I do think I agree that he's going to take a step this year. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be, he's certainly going to be one to watch. So what? How do you see this season playing out? Um, you've it's kind of going to be a, a tale of two seasons. I mean, the one without Flanagan and the one with Flanagan. Um, you've got a pretty tough non-conference schedule. Obviously, the battle for Atlantis, where um, you, I think they're facing off. Who are they starting with? UConn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you start with UConn. There's the potential of Baylor or Michigan State. Um, I don't know who else is in there. Uh, Syracuse? No, Arizona Syracuse State's in there. I Arizona think. State, Loyola, but they lost a coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Loyola is going to be. Um, but you've got you've got some pretty good teams in there. Uh, by the way, Auburn's going to scrimmage Loyola. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Which is interesting. Um, I wonder how that came about and and why. Um, uh, they're also going to scrimmage UAB at the end of the month at UAB. That'll be a good one. Um, That's one I wish we could one. watch. <laughs> I know. And then they also scrimmage uh, Southern Indiana. So those are all closed scrimmages that they don't report anything. It's not about that. Um, but it's really, it's, you know, they got some other, you know, they go to Central Florida. No, no, Central Florida goes to Auburn. They go to South yep. Florida. They play Oklahoma in Auburn. They play Nebraska and Atlanta. So nothing that Auburn can't handle, but but definitely competitive games. Um, what's a good uh, – What's a good record? I mean, look at the SEC and how good it is. Man, I mean, I, I'm thinking – I mean, think about how tough it is in that league, man. Considering they're going to miss Flanagan for a certain period of time, if this team finished with, with you know, I guess if they went 
11 and seven, like, I think, I think that'd be fine. Um, considering they're going to be without Flanagan. We just don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they come out without Flanagan. And you're like, whoa, like these dudes could defend. And, you know, they might be better than we yep. thought without Flanagan. But I, I think 11 and seven would be a good season because as competitive as that is in the league, um, I mean, 11 and seven is going to be, let's say, let's say that, let's say that makes you the five, five seed in the, in the, in the tournament. Um, something like that. I can't imagine that there's going to be five teams better than 11 and seven. Um, so maybe it puts them at the five range. Um, I mean, it's just kind of like what it was that final four year. They think they're on par for a four or five seed. If Flanagan was healthy right now, this team could compete for the SEC championship. Like legitimately, I'd, I would be saying, Hey, I, I'd be saying, Hey, they need to be going 12 and six, um, yeah. or better or better. Um, and, uh, I think 11 and seven might be their um, might be there, there might be a sweet spot, but what, just kind of what's your take on how you think this thing plays out? Like what's a good, what's a good record when it comes down to it in the, in, in the SEC play? Like what, what is this team? What, what's successful to you? What, what would make you happy? Yeah, I think without Flanagan, if they get to that 10 win range in conference, 10 or more wins, then it was a successful SEC slate for Auburn. But uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's like if they do have Flanagan back in early December, if he's back on the court in early December, best case scenario kind of thing, then I feel like my expectations are probably going to change. I'm going to probably be leaning more to that. They need to win 12 games in conference play with Flanagan back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if our expectations change based on how his recovery goes, but I think getting 10 or 11 wins in conference play without Flanagan is doable. Um, it's the SEC is loaded, but Auburn is deep and loaded and there should still be plenty of teams that are beatable with the roster without Flanagan, especially with the jungle back at seemingly full capacity. Hopefully, hopefully Bruce didn't, he didn't confirm that, but he says that's they're moving forward thinking they, they will be, but nothing's announced for sure. Yeah, I think you know you get that back going, and or at least you get the home atmosphere back in, and that gives Auburn an advantage that they didn't have last year. Who knows how much it would have helped last year? Probably a few games where it might have been a five point swing that Auburn needed to get over the hump. But um, the big thing is is as long as they're improving, like Bruce Pearl said, uh, they they've got to take steps even without Flanagan. It's going to be essential for Wendell Green and Katie Johnson to get some chemistry going and Zepp Jasper and to find out a way to keep the big men involved, which is was a problem sometimes, even when Austin Wiley was one of the team's best players. And there's stuff like that that I'm going to be watching for and that I don't expect will be at 100% game one, but that needs to be by the postseason. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see how it goes. I think the ceiling for this team is really, really high. I think the ceiling is really high. Uh, and I don't know, you know, honestly, I don't know that the floor is that low. I, I, you know, I don't know that. I don't know if there's a set of factors outside of injuries. I don't know if there's a set of factors that make me think this team could not live up to having a, a good season or live up to um, at least average expectations of what people think they're capable of uh, outside of injuries. I mean, there's just too many guys, I think, that, that, that can score the ball. There's athletic ability to defend. If Jabari's not having a guy not good night, you still have a seven-footer in Walker. Yep. You still got a guy like Wendell. You still got a guy like KD that can create. 
Um, if Jabari's on, then everybody's then it's you know it's gonna be if Jabari's having a good night, um, that whole team's gonna probably have a good night because he he's just gonna draw attention, and uh, it's gonna be a problem. But if there's games where he's not, uh, you know, I think you still got guys that can create on their own at the guard position. Um, and I just think there's a lot of versatility. I really do. So I, I think the ceiling is a lot higher than than the floor is low, if that makes sense for this team. Yeah, um, and I'm so. curious to see kind of how they get going. I think it's uh, it's going to be different. It's just another different team for Pearl. My gosh, he's had some really experienced teams, Final Four, and the next year a bunch of seniors. He's had a really young. Uh, now he's got – kind of an, a mix of experience and new and young uh, and, and sort of a, 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 a melting pot this year. Um, and so I'm interested to see. The one thing I'll, I'll, I'll end on this, and that's I don't think we have given enough attention probably to, to, to what COVID did last year, to, to, to the ability for that team to be good. If you're looking at last year and you're thinking, Man, has, has, did Pearl, has Pearl lost it or – you know, what happened last year, if you're just trying to figure out what happened, obviously Sharif, you know, missed time and didn't play. Um, but you combine Sharif and JT Thor and these, you know, being true freshmen, Justin Powell, um, yeah. true freshmen, and then guys like Jalen and Devin, they're just sophomores. Um, who didn't play much as freshmen either. Who didn't play much. You just had, a, you had the youngest team in college basketball. Then you throw yep. on top of them COVID, which the restrictions on them, guys, it wasn't just – I mean, it wasn't just like limited practice time. Like there were times when they didn't practice together. You 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 had to practice in the gym as a like as in units. Like a couple would go in and then they'd leave, and a couple others got forty five minutes. And it was so disjointed that you had to be a really 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 talented team or a super experienced team to handle that. And Auburn was neither. And so I, I wouldn't put a lot of stock into last year. It was kind of a throwaway year. I think it's going to be a much much different product this year. None of the young teams were great last year. It was the same problems across the board kind of thing. You look at what happened to Kentucky, Duke. The list goes on, really. Yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be fun. Auburn begins practice. We'll, we'll have full basketball coverage um, at auburnlive.com. Jay's going to be uh, providing analysis. Um, we're going to be counting down our top 11 players for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, we're going to count that down starting here soon and and, and release those every couple of days until Auburn's first game on November 9th against Moorhead State. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be profiling each guy, strengths, weaknesses, what they do well, all that good stuff. Uh, and see if you agree with our countdown of the top Auburn players on this roster. Um, so we'll have that going on. Jay will be a, a big part of that. If you have any basketball questions, put them on the, the, the message board at Auburn Live, oh, yeah. the corner. Just post them. Just say, hey, Jay, and ask him questions, man, and he'll pop on and answer um, Jay, looking forward to, to getting this basketball coverage ramped up, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm always down to talk some Auburn hoops, you know. Get at me on the message board, on Twitter. I'm always yeah. around. Perfect, dude. Well, we appreciate everybody joining us. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you're at Auburn Live. Subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.